You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Guardian. Guardian. And welcome to episode 37 of In Orbit, Mash Shows Buttons podcast dedicated to Destiny and its community. Wherever you are and whenever you're listening, we thank you as always for making us a part of your Destiny experience. My name is Jorge. And my name is David. And on today's show, we also have James Hale um, joining us on In Orbit from the Tectodrum Collective. Tell the audience a little bit about your experience so far with Rise of Iron. Hello. Uh, well, I've managed to take off a little bit of time at the start of it, and I've been grinding as much out as I can for that first raid. Uh, we didn't do excellently well. It took us about maybe eight hours, eight and a half hours to get it done, but uh, I think it was probably worth it. Cool. So to everyone, make sure that you also check out all the other podcasts here on the Mashos Buttons Network at www.mashosbuttons.com. And get involved with In Orbit by sending us questions at inorbitpodcast at gmail.com. Also, make sure to subscribe, rate, and comment us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Overcast for iOS, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, and Pocket Cast. You're an RSS person. Our RSS feed is available on mashshowsbuttons.com slash in-orbit. On today's show, Iron Banner is showering rewards on us but highlights potential problems with Supremacy. Axis, Arcom Prime, is about to get more devastating. The Bungie Bounty is in full effect on October 12th. We have some Trials of Osiris Woes, and we go over the DLC and what we anticipate comes forward. Let's go into it. Iron Banner, the Iron Ephrodite. Uh, when you start off with Iron Banner, you get a minor quest that awards you um, for getting to level 1, 3, and 5. You also get random drops from completing weekly bounties. Some of those drops have been absolutely ridiculous. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about the actual uh, rewards. How did you guys, uh, what did you guys get I should start off with? James, you want to go first? Oh, why not? I was being courteous then. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have been. I was thinking I could jump in, but uh, no. Uh, I've been, I got the sniper rifle and when I'm a shotgun player, I'm not really using that too much. Um, I quite like the scout rifle. I've forgotten the name of it, but it's one of the rare ones that's the Mitre archetype. That's been quite good. Um, Distant star? Yeah, that's what it's called. It, it seems to have some all right perks, but I just quite like the archetype of it. Uh, I can't remember. There was one, I swear it's in the um, Vault of Glass open whatever this scout rifle was that wasn't the vision um, had basically a similar archetype and there's been few and far between that we've seen anything of the MIDA like um, 
But it's a fun weapon because most of the ones that we get from PvP, especially in the old Iron Banner ones, have been those really slow-firing, hard-hitting ones. And uh, I seem to play with them for about a game. I think I'm doing well with them, and then I realise that it's just because everybody's using it. So you've got a level playing field. But I've got a feeling that some of these weapons are actually going to be um, getting into the meta. Yeah, I've already seen the pulse rifle in full effect. I've seen um, the scout rifle every so often when I come across it. Yeah, I'll just get melted with it. Uh, I haven't seen the hand cannon too much. Um, I have seen a couple people use it to some good effect, but not not as much. The auto rifle is surprisingly really, really well. Um, the unbent tree. Um, it's the current reward, and it is doing... Phenomenal work, especially if you get counterbalance. You get counterbalance and a stability perk because we all know that for PvP, uh, the range perk absolutely means nothing. Um, it, it, it does some really, really good stuff, and it's amazingly strong. Yeah, uh, some of the stuff, I mean, I've picked up the sidearm, the sniper, the scout rifle as well, which I really liked. Um, I picked up I feel like there's what, what was the other primary I mean I didn't I think I was just the auto rifle was the only primary I got but you're right it, it, it's good if you use it effectively that thing can melt people you just got to be real close with it though it, it does not have much range it's one of those things um, that quite, I was going to say about the auto rifles I picked one up and I found that it can't really shut down a shotgun unless rushing you due to the movement of it but I think that's probably something we're going to go on with the supremacy game type but I don't know the auto rifle it was good but I think the only one that's really one is the pulse rifle that you mentioned seems to be well up there I'll get killed by that one far too much it melts yeah I, I've used it to great effect uh, whenever I see a rushing shotgun I always just take step, steps backwards if you're standing, if you're standing still, you're just gonna die. Um, but if you keep step taking steps backwards, as the guy's just rushing at you, you just put bullets right into his head, and he's dead. It it seems to be that with the Iron Banner guns, and they did it with Trials of Osiris guns too, is they took the best archetype PvP guns, and they were like, "Here, we're gonna make the best archetype PvP guns and give them to you for PvP rewards," which I think is something awesome. And done that in the past. Also, can we talk about how they look like pencil sharpeners with the top removed? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of people really like the look. I personally think it's a little weird. I'd rather my gun look like a gun than a pencil sharpener with some fur. I, I personally like the look, but the most the thing I like most is the sound of it. Oh my god, it just sounds like it's going to wreck your face. Oh, they do. There's sound. there's distinct sounds for all these weapons, and m most weapons in Destiny from year one and year two, they had similar sounds to them based on the archetype. The only thing that would change would be the look, uh, and the only time a gun would sound different would be if it was an exotic version of the weapon. But no, in, in this, th there's very distinct sounds with what you're using. Um, in, in a lot of the weapons, even, even for example, the raid weapons, they have similar sounds to the gun, the gunfire. But, for example, when you use the perk for the, um, the raid weapons, you'll hear a charge like whenever it procs the perk. 
So whenever you get a headshot with the auto rifle um, and it, you cause the firefly perk, you'll hear your gun trigger. So that that's one of the things I really enjoyed about this uh, this DLC is that they made the guns more have more of a personality rather than depending on only the exotic weapons to have that personality. Yeah, right. it's the best Sorry, one James. is the fusion rifle. You've got <laughs> oh, the Saladin's vigil. Yes. How's the clunk? And I'm sitting there thinking it's supposed to be like an energy-based projectile weapon, and then you hear almost the same noise that comes out of like the scout rifle. And you're like, seriously? This is crazy. I don't know what I got killed by. They did um well, first of all, I think the fact that next gen is the only thing they're producing for is is very highlighted in these um additions they're adding to guns that they didn't have just have to reskin models they already had. But uh, I really do like the sounds that come out of it. It sounds very much kind of like a World War II gun style where it's got that really metallic clink to it. And it feels awesome. It fits the look. I agree. The guns for Iron Banner this time around are awesome aesthetically, even though they look like pencil sharpeners with fur. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that extra quality though, isn't it? It's having the fur and having the... The metallic look there's when you look at the shaders from iron banner you've got kind of a lot more shine and things going on it just looks like they put more textures well it's 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 something something to say about these guns when you can look at a gun even with another guardian holding it and say that is an iron banner gun that is awesome to me that they now distinctly have highlighted the fact that these are iron banner guns and you can tell this person got the gun from Iron Banner. It just does, doesn't look like a normal gun with a green on it. The only thing I found that was wrong with that is the um, the two snipers. So the Iron Lord sniper and the um, Iron Banner one that I've got, when they're next to each other, they are pretty much the same weapon. The only difference is that the Iron Lord one has that kind of lovely old wood kind of feel. To it, whereas the um, Iron Banner one seems to be painted with the Iron Banner um, mark. Yeah, I can confirm the, the, the fusion rifle was also very similar to the Iron Lord one, um, and that kind of was a little distracting. We saw right because I, you get I will multiple say, roles, there's, there's enough it? of a change. There's enough of a change between the Iron Lord and the Iron Banner one. To, to kind of make it its own gun, but it is kind of a little striking that it has the same patch of fur exactly where it is and the same overall look that kind of disappointed me. And to be clear, uh, for anybody listening, we're talking about the guns that come from Archon's Forge, correct? Right, that is correct. Yeah. Yep. That Yeah, that is one thing because right at the start of Iron Banner, I actually... Uh, I asked the question to some others if they had gotten the sniper rifle because I thought it was the same gun. Like when I got started to get Iron Banner guns, I was like, oh, do you not get the sniper rifle? The sniper rifle come from Archon's Forge. But it just looks very, very similar. Yeah, it's, the problem for me is I think some of them are, have got such good roles from the Archon's Forge weapons that you've got to get that perfect role. I'm not using the sniper that I got. Um, from the Iron Banner because obviously having Hidden Hand I think you've got Hidden Hand, Quick Draw I think you've got Option of Small Boy and I can't remember what the other one is but it makes a really really solid role to have when that role is just going to be fixed 
So unless you're getting these perfect rolls, then I don't know whether they're, you know, it's meant to be like that and you're meant to get them fairly easily from the Archon's Forge if you sit there for an hour or so grinding it. I don't know. Um, but it, obviously it's nice to have rolls different in Iron Banner that you can get because I was a bit worried when Trials came out and you've got those fixed rolls that if you just had fixed Iron Banner, Archon's Forge and Trials weapons, you'd be quickly running out of things to chase. You bring up an interesting point because Iron Banner is now, this time around, the only in-game activity that doesn't have fixed rolls. Yeah. And I personally am of the opposite opinion of you. I love the fixed rolls on Trials of Osiris and stuff this time around, especially because they've given you options. So you have these basically four trees with at least two options in each tree, and I think that is fantastic because it lets you use the guns your way. And... I, I understand why Iron Banner doesn't because Iron Banner is more of a um, based on getting drops at the end of the game when that gun is active. I've gotten tons of uh, the auto rifle and shotgun loot was not uh, hard to come by this time around. But um, thank God. Oh, I know. <laughs> but uh, it, it does help for things like Trials of Osiris where people aren't able to play that. Uh, all the time and aren't able to necessarily go to the lighthouse all the time and people who only go to the lighthouse once or twice every few weeks won't have the scenario where they finally get a doctrine to drop and they go oh i got a doctrine oh it doesn't have counterbalance no i was always that way i've had four and none of them have been counterbalance roles so i, I agree i think when when playing trials and getting those weapons but they i haven't had i've only got one currently um from last week, but is I've heard that the scout rifle is more of a PVE weapon. Is it the case? I don't know if you probably found more of them than me. Is it that the case from the trials weapons that you're finding more? The trials ones? And PVEs and mm, PVEs? Uh, PVPs? I'll let you know when I use it in a playlist where light level doesn't matter where I'm three-shotting people with it. But It's, it's basically vision of confluence without full auto. Mm. That's what the scout rifle is for for uh, Trials of Osiris. Pretty it, it has it literally has Zen moment. Um, uh, what is it? Extended mag and no, it doesn't. I, what I don't think it has extended mag. I think it's hand loaded and braced frame. Maybe I don't know. It's got two stability perks and I know it has an Zen, ammo perk. And it's I'm three, pretty sure three it's stability perks. Maybe. I didn't think it did. I can hold on. Let's uh, just give me, give me one second here as I pull up my. <laughs> it was just interesting. It was a point I heard <sighs> when I was playing yesterday. We were in, in the flow of Iron Banner and people wanting to back out for trials and they were you know testing out their weapons that they got last week and it just seemed to be that some of them were PVE weapons rather than PVP. You know, <laughs> according to the meta, and it was strange that I would have thought trials wouldn't be dropping things that weren't. I mean, hey, I think it's a very good PVE weapon, but or I mean PvP. Sorry, I just went counter counterpoint to what I was trying to say. But uh, so first row after the muzzle perks, it has um, small bore or reinforced barrel. The second one, it has explosive rounds or fitted stock, and its final round is third eye or zint moment. Mm-hmm. So I would I would be rocking Zen Moment all the time. Oh yeah, that's what I do. I do Zen Moment, uh, fitted stock and small bore, and it works out very well for me in PvP. 
Sounds good. Uh, it's always only a little concern of mine that with the fixed roles, obviously you're chasing both. It's what's quite nice about the going back to the Iron Banner weapons is that you can get very solid roles for either thing. And I don't know, I haven't seen them yet, but I'm sure that they can drop with, you know, that you've got those two trees. If you manage to get almost a perfect role for PvP and PvE, especially on something like a scout rifle. Be quite interesting right. to have that weapon that it's almost like the cost of where I know that it's limited, the cost of's only already got that high rate of fire, you know, better PvP option, and you can't really turn it into a, a slow rate of fire kind of pulse. Um, but it'd be quite nice to see, as you said, the uh, the rewards coming out and you're actually managing to use it for multiple things because you've got that easy change. Right. Yeah, so um, besides rewards, what was your guys' overall thoughts on uh, supremacy for Iron Banner? Loving it. So, like, the actual supremacy game mode was highlighted big here. And I think that it highlights problems with the actual mode. Um, not so much the crest action. Um, I, I, I Well... It's not really the crests themselves that are the problem. It's the lag. There, there, <laughs> there have been games, absolutely terrible games that I've had, where I'm literally running over the crests and it doesn't do anything, and I'm just continuously trying to run over the crests. All of a sudden, I get shotgun from behind. I'm dead, and he picks up both crests. Oh, so uh, the iron lag is in full effect in some games, and it's really, really bad at times. The point where I can't pick up a crest. Like that is really, that's not good, considering that's that's the main objective. Um, but the actual game mode itself, those crests are important not just for score, but you can get your super so fast in this game mode because of those crests. You pick up a red crest, you you you're you're giving yourself supercharge every time you get a red crest. You're getting your super to the point where you get a couple kills, a couple crests within a minute's time. You have your super, and then all of a sudden, storm color comes around. And you're like, it just started. How the hell do you have your super? He picked up a couple kills. He picked up a couple crests. All of a sudden, he has a super. That's how it works. We had a couple of games last night that uh, we just we played the same team a few times. And it was close, but we just lose it right. You know, halfway through, they just make that gap and we realized that they were looking at him there's a team of three um so we were a team of six a team of three and then three blueberries on the opposite team but all three of those guys were rocking the snorri's harmony obviously staying together in a group using the um close to your teammates perk in the stormcaller tree and as you said one of them went on a two kill streak and then popped his Stormcaller, the orbs that he dropped from another three kills and the other guys picking up the red orbs, would they had a constant Stormcaller on the go for pretty much the second half of the match. And we, we just couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, I'm... On one hand, it, it's frustrating to constantly run into Super because there's absolutely nothing you can do at times. It's like you get hit with a hammer, you're dead. You get shocked by a storm collar because you turn the wrong corner, you're dead. There's just nothing you can do. On the other hand, there's a part of me that wants them to take away that supercharge at times from collecting a crest. Yeah. It, I don't I, 
at the same time, like I'm, I don't want them to because the supercharge is what encourages people to get the the objective. I mean, the points as well. How many times have you seen people just running past crests? Not only the red crest, but the blue crest as well. Oh, pick up all crests, please. Yep. So, no, like, if anything, if anything, I would want them to give you supercharge on blue crest as opposed to red crest. Yeah. Because obviously, the perk of getting a red crest is to get points. The perk of get of collecting your teammates' blue crests would be to get supercharge. We right. didn't get supercharge. We could do a grenade and melee charge and have something with built in within the iron banner helmet or something like that that says when you pick up a crest rather than when you pick up an orb. And switch between melee and grenade. But then I am I'd surprised that there, there are no... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, Dave. I was just going to say something real quick. I am surprised that there is no boots that do have that perk because there there's the, the Capture King perk on, on certain boots. And then there's the helmet perk, Angel of Mercy, where you pick up uh, somebody from the dead and you get super. So I'm surprised that there's no supremacy perk. But anyway, go ahead, David. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think if you did that, it'd make the the perk tree very streamlined to just supremacy. And I don't think we'll see supremacy as the Iron Banner mode all the time. I'm sure we'll see it rotate through, but I'm sure control is still the main game mode they're going to use for Iron Banner. So streamlining it like that, while it would be good for situational use, it wouldn't necessarily be the best. But just kind of hopping in on everything you guys have been saying, um, the lag is terrible. I think it's terrible that um, someone's crest for you to pick up relies on their signal, because then if they're red barring, their crest is red barring too, which makes no sense to me. But um, yeah, Supremacy as a game mode for Iron Banner, I had a ton of fun with it right at the start of the week and for the first few days and it's still fun to hop in there with a team but i've gotten kind of sick of the amount of shotgun rushing and juggernaut titans that's going on it's a very streamlined game mode where there's one way to effectively play it essentially and that's get on top of your enemy I'm not saying you have to use a shotgun to do good in supremacy. You can do good with other things. I've been using sidearms a lot. But to me, it's just uh, other game modes have every opportunity for you to use every style of play. Whether you want to sit long, whether you want to go up close, hang medium range, use your primary, use your special. You can use any form that you want to play the game mode. Supremacy, because of its style, the kill someone and pick up a crest it's it's very streamlined into this be on top of your enemy game mode and i don't know man it's it's making me very sick of shotguns to the point where if i play other game modes and i get shotguns i'm getting frustrated with the amount of shotguns when usually i, I wouldn't care but because i've been experiencing it so much this week with supremacy it's just getting a little old to me i totally agree i think that's why i think your point stands about the control being the Iron Banner kind of main because it's not just the shotguns, it's the what subclass you use as well. I've tried, to, I usually run a night between a Night Stalker and a Blade Dancer when I'm playing PvP. And I played Night Stalker for about two games and realized that the only real way to go is Blade Dancer because you're picking up the crest as you go. And I found that when I played on my Warlock, 
it's the same. I'm only ever using Stormcaller, really. You could probably make a use of the, um, the Void Bomb, given that the tactics for this is really stay together and team shoot. But with the Stormcaller, you can still obviously chain lightning between those. So I find that, as you said, with the amount of shotgun, um, shield, striker titans as well, it seems to be that there's one class for each, um, one subclass for each class that is being used. And then when most of those people have got shotguns, I'm both sitting there thinking, well, there's another shotgun. But then I'm also thinking, well, there's another blade dancer. Well, let's just look at it. I'm going to be devil's advocate. You, David, your your style is sniping. So obviously this game mode was going to be uncomfortable for you. Well, hold on now. My style hold is up, wait, whatever hold up, fits hold up, the hold game up. mode, which is why hold I've been up, using sidearms. Hold up. So you've been a proponent of snipers here on this show, and your, your game mode has always been Trials of Osiris, the elimination game mode, which is heavy on sniping to the point where it's like 80, 81% sniping, 12% um, shotguns, the rest of them fall into whatever category right there based on the stats. So like this is obviously a different style of gameplay that encourages a different style of gun. Do you believe that it's more that maybe it's taking you out of your comfort zone and giving you something different? So, um, no, I would say no, because here's the thing. In year one, I only used shotguns. I would, that's just how I played it. Um, in year two is when I started sniping. And yes, sniping is what I love to do most. It is like at this current point in time, what I'm per se most comfortable doing, but I have no problem using a shotgun and I've been using a shotgun. I get on top of people. I've been shade step shotgunning, which in my opinion is the most effective strategy in the game for using a shotgun. And I do great with it. I had plenty of games where I hit those high 40 point games or 50 point games because of shade step shotgunning. And it's because I'm already on top of the crest. My thing is just, I am very sick of it being streamlined into one style of play. I don't see snipers, whether it's on the other team or my own team or in my hand. I just don't see snipers, and it's because of how this game plays. And I don't like that you're caught in this, let's use one um, one style of play, and that's going to be the entire game mode, and we're going to make it Iron Banner, and you're going to play this for the whole week. And the other thing is right now, with the way this meta is balanced, shotguns are very strong compared to the other special weapons. Shotguns will beat out a sidearm up close because all you have to do is close that gap, which a sidearm can't kill you in and kill them. Shotguns are very strong compared to snipers because snipers have very high flinch. So if you land a primary shot on someone, you just bought yourself a little bit of time to get close enough to kill with a shotgun, which with the matador rolling very strongly and dropping a lot in PvP, everybody seems to have a god roll matador already. Then you have this problem of uh, fusion rifles have always been a little inconsistent. If you're good with them, they're very good. But up close, a shotgun's going to be a fusion rifle because a fusion rifle has to charge. And even in other game modes right now, shotguns are, are starting to dominate. And I have no problem with there being a shotgun heavy meta. I'm still going to snipe because I can do it very effectively. My only problem comes with this one game mode where it's the only style of play that seems to fit. And I don't understand it just because in Call of Duty Kill Confirmed, 
there never seemed to be a streamlined style of play that fit kill confirmed and made it so oh we only have people running up close with shotguns and some machine guns no people still sniped into kill confirmed people still use long distance auto rifles and i i'm sure it's just because it was a different game but the fact that it is streamlined into one style of play just seems stale for me and I, i've just gotten bored of it what kind of well, maps have you been playing on system because we've got widow we would play Famous four games today, and Widow's Court came up three times, and there's certainly a lot of snipers on those. I don't know whether you may have come across that you're on maps like Anomaly, etc. More because if you play for an hour, you you could go across, and that whole hour you could be on section six one eight Anomaly. Even Twilight Gap seems to be turning into a, a shotgun map because no one seems to use the sniper lanes. But we did go on quite a few of the the, the bigger maps, the Shores of Time. We played a couple of times Widow's Court and. They they are a little more fair. Um, to be honest, I did not play Widow's Court because I I mean I I haven't, I haven't even seen it come up in the Iron Banner rotation. Yeah, so to be fair, if it, if, respecting your view, if um, if you are being given all the shotgun heavy maps during your Iron Banner session, I completely agree with your view. Well, I mean, I haven't seen it come up in the Iron Banner rotation. I I have played Supremacy on Widow's Court in the first um, few weeks of the game being out before Iron Banner. And, I mean, I, I know I still use a shotgun on it. It's very easy, um, in my opinion, it's very easy to close the gap if you know what you're doing, well, no matter what the size is hmm. of the map. So, with regards to, I, I think it's more the scoring system where you don't get any points for for the actual kill until the presses pick up, which is why you're you're seeing the encouraged shotgun um, charging. Now, let's say that they were to change the, the scoring system a little bit, where you can't pick up your own crests. Do you believe that that would change it to, to have more sniping involved? Um, it might, but... Uh, that'd be a really weird change that um, I would, I'd see no reason for that. Like I, I, I don't think it's a bad game mode and I don't think they've done anything wrong with designing the game mode or need to change anything. It's just a fact of uh, when we're playing it in this manner, this competitive, like you should be winning manner because it's uh, iron banner and to rank up, you have to win. Um, people are going to do the thing that makes it easiest to win. And that's shotgunning and shotgunning has just, like I said, it's just gotten stale because of the amount I've seen it over this past week. Right, but what I'm saying is why the reason that people do that right now is because they can pick up their own crest. If you couldn't pick up your own crest, you would see far less charging. I, I agree, but I don't think they should do that because uh, it would just put this fluctuation on the game mode and... Make it so if you're not running with a team who's communicating very well, then you don't really stand a chance of winning because if you don't have someone running in to pick up other people's crests, um, then you can't win. And at the same time, if you have someone running in to pick up other people's crests and he gets downed, then there's no one to pick up the crests. So then you need two people running in. Well, now those people are shotgunning. And maybe they can work with each other to pick up crests close to each other. But 
I, I don't think it would be a good change to the mode, even if it would kind of change up the style of plays that people are using. Uh, maybe when it's no longer Iron Banner, we'll see different styles of play creep back into it. Maybe not. Who knows? All right, so let's go ahead and move on to a different topic, the hard mode raid, which has finally been announced October 18th, 2016. Axis gets hard. Yes, I said it. <laughs> it gets hard. Uh, so we already know that there's been weapons that have not dropped, the pulse rifle, the hand cannon, the sniper. Sidearm. And... There's the sidearm, yes, I forgot about the sidearm. So we're all excited to play around with these new weapons, excited to get the new uh, black version of the Nanomania boots or whatever they're called for the other classes. What do you guys think are going to be the changes? We'll start off with Vosik, the Archpriest. Mole monitors. Um, did you say all monitors? Nothing more. All would no. be a bit difficult. I thought you said easier all for a second. Shoot down like, all the monitors. I was like, like how long do you think we have to you shoot? You have to go run to a room. It just, they all turn on. That's every time you throw bombs. Well, um, so we were talking with some people in our clan yesterday, and um, it, it, the discussion was on it, this being called heroic instead of hard mode, per se, which I think in-game it's always been called heroic. Uh, mm -hmm. rather than hard mode but um the, the reason why they're saying that is some people think maybe you'll be able to revive others still which would be weird person to me because um you've never been able to revive people in hard mode in the past so i don't know why i'd be able to start now but vosik is going to be a pretty difficult encounter if you don't have everybody on point with no revives because if everybody doesn't get into that room uh i mean you're you kind of have to wipe if two people go down at that point because you you start to lose out the dps um which is going to be harder again because we will now be per se under light uh when it comes into those encounters i'm not sure what the first encounter light will will start at maybe 380 385 which is where we're all at right now but it could be 390 at the start for all we know and um another thing uh, change i think will happen will be uh there'll be at least two monitors that light up every time maybe each round more monitors light up who knows but it'll make it to the point where you can no longer have just one or two people shooting at the monitors people will definitely have to pay more attention to the monitors it wouldn't surprise me if, if there were like four monitors two on each side that pop up and there are fuzzy monitors behind you i don't know if anybody has necessarily noticed that, but when you're hanging out on left and right side, there are fuzzy monitors in those back corners. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they were used as well. Yeah, so I, one of the things that, they were, that I've heard people talk about was if during the siege engine, instead of all three uh, pieces being there, you have to take one piece at a time and then go back Get the other piece, go back, get the other piece. How is that going to work? You think more enemies are going to drop? Because obviously once you've got rid of all of those slow bombs, all the mines. Either that or more more things to repair on the siege engine. Or just more enemies with yellow health. 
I I I don't think they they're gonna go that route. I just I will think they go with more mobs rather than more yellow bar enemies. Because at a certain point, you can only have so many yellow bar. I mean, there's already a ton of every single one of the captains that show up during that uh, encounter are yellow bars already. Mm. So at a certain point, you're just going overkill with with yellow bars. Um, if anything, what I could see in the first part when the siege engine is coming towards you with uh, the cannons at you is that there will be yellow bar captains in the, in that area. Cause in the first part, it's only dregs and a couple vandals. So I can just as easily see, um, captains coming in or a servitor or two, which, Oh man. Why did I put that thought into my head? (laughs) Or shanks. There are no, yeah, there's, that's right. There's no shanks or servitors. Shanks so I and servitors. I could see them introduce those, which trust me, that's not, that's not a good thing. <laughs> and then during, during the second part, when you're picking up the pieces, I could easily see explosive shanks. I can imagine they're going to oh, put in God. something like three <laughs> it, it would make sense, can grab though. it for the challenge mode. What's up? So you know when you've got it, because I've, I've multiple times being the one that keeps grabbing the piece and then people are off killing ads and then you've got a cover and you can actually wait for what your timer you say, to go James? down and pick it up again and I've still managed to be the only one that's touched a part and put it back in. So I've got a feeling <laughs> that challenge mode might be... I don't think there is a challenge mode for really? that part, actually. I'm sorry, but 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 I have to, to I have to call you out on what you just say, said, James. Pick up the piece, grab the part and put it in. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm, I'm being so childish. Um, but... all right Uh, back on track yeah i don't think there actually is a challenge mode for that part the only no it's just it's just fossic and and axis Axis. well so you think there's only gonna be two i know there's only gonna be two because of that i i think that there's only gonna be that they're gonna make it so that you can do the challenge mode every week Mm. as in both challenge modes interesting i mean they already shower you with loot opportunities in the raid you got extra chests. Yeah, I got everywhere. so many the key fragments. It isn't even funny, right? And I personally would at this point, if you're already at three eighty five, which most of you people should because of Iron Banner, or three eighty three or whatever above three eighty, start hoarding those Siva key fragments. Don't open up the chests unless you absolutely need, say, a um, a rocket launcher or something. Yeah, save them for. Uh... When you have pieces of armor from hard mode so that you can re-roll them. Well, not so much for that. It's just if hard mode's coming around the corner and you're already at 385, you're not going to get much higher light than that. So at this point, you're better off saving those key fragments so that you can use them on the hard mode and get better loot drops. True. All right. So with that... (laughs) David, why don't we go ahead and talk about Mash Those Buttons? Yeah, Mash Those Buttons is your ultimate resource for video game commentary, reaction, and involvement by a variety of opinionated and informed gamers who love gaming of all kinds. Covering a large swath of gaming, we cover the latest news and information on the games you care about and always provide unfiltered commentary and fun. Check out all the killer podcasts available today on Mash Those Button Network at www.mashthosebuttons.com. All right, and this week coming up will be another bounty, uh, Bungie bounty, 
Uh, it was a previously a random chance of meeting up with the Bungie squad. You would just go into the whatever game mode that they were playing. And you had a chance of meeting up with them. Well, it's a little bit more controlled. Still up to chance, but for example, um, you would get into the chat for Twitch. They would go ahead and choose you and invite you into a private match. It's going to be a supremacy game type. Bungie Bounty will be on PlayStation 4 this time, and it starts at 10 a.m. Pacific. 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. UK. So if you're looking for that emblem and you want a chance to get that Bungie Bounty emblem, go to their channel, www.twitch.tv slash Bungie, I believe. And at around the time of 10 a.m. Pacific. And go ahead and go up against the crew. Get yourself some emblems. I think that's pretty much it for that one. <laughs> Let's go ahead and talk about Trials of Osiris. This is David's section. Go ahead, David. Okay, so Trials of Osiris this week is on Floating Gardens. And I played some Trials yesterday. And a lot of the community played some Trials yesterday, as always. And there's kind of this overall feeling that this is the worst Trials map to ever be chosen by Bungie ever. And Bungie, please... Right now when we are recording, it is Saturday morning. You have two more days after today. Give us a new map, Bungie. Please give us a new map. Because this map sucks. So basically, if you know Floating Gardens, you're going to spawn on the far left or far right if you're whichever side is facing the center ring with statue at it. And there are staircases right in front of you. So the way people are playing this map is you run at that staircase and you chuck grenades at the other staircase and you run at each other and the round lasts about 15-20 seconds because you have now killed people with grenades and then you shotgun them in the face and then the round is over and it is literally a just bum rush at each other and see who survives the onslaught. Or one team decides to have a little bit of fun and push out right towards bridge. Okay. That's cool. The other team just pushed to that center point again, which is where the flag spawns, by the way. And now they're going to sit there for the entire time with shotguns. Awesome. Well, let's try and pick them off with a sniper rifle. Oh, wait, you can't. Because there's so much in the way here that there isn't one good sniping lane in this entire map. Yeah, this map sucks. You're back on shotgun hating, aren't you? It's not shotgun hating. I was using a shotgun on this map because you have to basically because there's no sniper lanes. I used sidearm for a little bit. I was melting people with trespasser, but it's just the way this map plays is just frustrating because the round either lasts 20 seconds or it lasts the full time because you either instantly bum rush to try and win the point you're going to try and hold or the other team goes outside and you hold that center point occasionally. One in every five to six games, you'll run across a team that also doesn't want to sit in that center point because they don't like standing in one spot for two minutes or dying in the first 10 seconds. So uh, you'll have some interesting engagements around the bridge center area or on the far side of the map. But it's just so frustrating of a trials map. I've got to admit, I haven't yeah. played that map too much. And we, we played it. Um, obviously in our Technodrome PvP league where we played Supremacy on it and the two people that I was playing with were in exactly the same situation with me with 
not really knowing where leads to where. But I can agree with you, it's quite a round map and there's a lot of high walls in there. So I can see what you mean with the no sniper lanes, but that, that seemed to me that it was almost a, a no primary kind of fights unless you went into that open center area. And I found that a lot of people, when they do play that map, they seem to stick outside and stay out there and try and defend it because they've got it's, it's the only real area with three clean sight lines. So I don't know whether that's the way to play in trials this week. The, so with regards to this map, I, I don't. I don't dislike the map. Uh, when I originally saw it, I, I, I originally thought that you would have the ability to really go into any area of the map and be able to compete with any type of weapon. And for the most part, that's true unless you're a sniper. You're, if you're a sniper, the only area that you have would be the outside top part, which is where the B spawn is, or yeah, the, the what is it? The, the flag spawns. So I, I can see snipers getting frustrated because there's very little areas for them to really engage in. Um, this is a weird map because the, and the, the other sniper areas would be on the lower sides. But I don't see too many people going into those areas for real encounters. So it's weird that it, it's a very weird map for sniping. and. At, at this point, it, it goes back to what I mentioned. I, I believe, this is me personally, obviously not everybody, but me personally, I believe that they need to take a look at this game mode and reevaluate it because it worked fine for the most part for year one. But at this point in time, the problem is people will just stay back and they'll camp and they'll camp and they'll camp. There's no penalty to camping. So I I don't mind the timer being there for the for the matches. But at this point, make it so that if if by the end of the five minutes you don't uh you don't um you don't uh, nobody uh, nobody dies or whatever, it ends in a draw. If the game ends in three draws, that are, are, if there's three draws, then the entire match is over, and the person or the team that has the most wins wins. Only problem is that that would encourage something like one person, uh, one team gets one win, and then they just run around and just get three draws, and it's it's hard to really. I I don't I don't want to say fix because it's. It's 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 something it's it's hard to really get a handle on what to do for Trials of Osiris because I think that spawn is the biggest problem of that game mode. And maybe introducing random spawns or change it up so that instead of capturing one zone, you have to capture three random zones that pop up. And the first team that does that will then get the win. I don't know. Well, um, I have no fix to what you're talking about, the game mode in general. But technically, I, I do have a fix to this map, too, per se. One. Blow it up. Uh, what do you mean? Just, like, completely blow it up. like like. Oh, well, yeah, we could do that. That's a fix. 
Uh, <laughs> no, I was going to say one, <laughs> you move the spawns um, to different spots of the map than where they are right now. That would kind of stop this whole five second rush to the top, 10 seconds of shooting each other rounds over. Or if you move the capture point, like I understand people want to go to that top center spot. That's fine. They'd still be able to go to that top center spot. But then holding that top center spot wouldn't have as much merit. In every other map, this the center or the capture flag spot is in a very good centralized spot in the map. In this map, it's on the left farthest side of the map. So if you were even caught on the right side of the map when flag spawned and they had one person on flag, you wouldn't be able to get there in time. So I think they should move it. There's this wonderful spot underneath the bridge. If you've played this map, you, you kind of know it. You go underneath the bridge. There's uh, one opening under the bridge on the right side of bridge or left side of bridge if you're coming from the other side of the map. But the side opposite statute, there's this little open area that can be seen from both sides of the map. If you put flag spawn there, then all of a sudden you've made it so the flag is centralized and people don't have to just push to this one side of the map. And this map would open up a little bit more. I still think it's a very weird map. Uh, but yeah, that'd help it a little bit. And the other thing, um, I forgot what who had said it or what you had said, but um, you mentioned, oh, was, I think it was you, Jorge, had mentioned something about how it's sniper rifles that are having a problem on this map. It's not just sniper rifles that are having a problem. Sniper rifles are having a problem. Shot, or not shotgun, <laughs> shotguns are what are doing good. Primaries are having a big problem. Sidearms are having a problem. Fusion rifles are having a problem. Everything but shotguns are having a problem because there are so many things to duck and hide behind that it is almost impossible to stop a shotgun rusher from being able to close in on you unless you have a shotgun to stop them. I'll say next week's going to be interesting because if they put it on, I would assume they put it on the, actually, they will never put it on the PlayStation exclusive, will they? If they put it on a sniper heavy map, then you may find yourself getting some very easy kills just down to the fact that you've, you've had basically a week of Iron Banner and you've had obviously this week or weekend on trials that are shotgun heavy. And the one thing that I do like about the whole supremacy and this obviously trials being more of a shotgun thing is the fact that supremacy does basically detriment you when you trade. Which isn't a bad thing to learn if you are, because I am a shotgun player. And I find that in trials it is more difficult when you haven't got the skill to use a sniper when you're using a shotgun. So I don't mind it too much that they're opening it up a little bit, but it's one of those things that this is not going to be every week. So if you do have some maps that are more shotgun-based rather than sniper-based, think of like Pantheon. It's, it's good to have those in rotation, I think. Are you saying Pantheon is more sniper-based than shotgun-based? It seems to be quite heavy snipers, although the Man. tactic is really to get to the center and defend it. But Just use a shotgun on that map and rush so hard it's not even funny. Snipers won't stand a chance. There's, a, there's this new thing with the game. Part of it is just the meta, but um, shotguns have a clear advantage now over snipers if you rush super hard because of flinch if you can land one or two primary shots shots to start your rush shards, shards uh to start your rush or <laughs> if you can 
just land a shotgun shot from far away. Don't kill him, but damage him. That sniper doesn't have a chance because of flinch now. And it's like, I understand the meta is changing. In year one, it was very shotgun heavy as well. And I'm not saying, oh, we need to have a super sniper heavy meta. I want a meta where everything is equally utilized. And I thought we were at a very good place where everything was being equally utilized at the end of year two. And now it just kind of seems with this latest patch and the new flinch additions that um, snipers are at a disadvantage again, like they were in your no, war. I, I, I don't mind this, the, the flinching. The flinching is fine where, where it is for snipers. It needed it. They were, the snipers were way too strong. They had no penalty. You could get shot and, and, and take, take a couple shots and still get a headshot. But and that's I understand it's all about. What's up? That's aim assist. They need to fix aim no, assist. No, no, that that that's not aim assist. That aim assist it, that wasn't aim assist at all. That had to do with the fact that that you had very little recoil in getting hit. So I, I'm okay with the flinch. Well, I'm I'm better with the flinch. I would prefer that you get knocked out completely. That that's just my opinion. Um, but with regards to shotgunning, I mean I don't understand how. A game like Doom gets shotgunning so good and everybody can use all sorts of weapons without feeling that shotgunning is the the primary way to go. But a game like Destiny still to this day has a complete issue with shotguns. They've never had a, a good... There's, there's always been an issue with shotguns from the beginning. Whether it's been in PvE where shotguns were completely useless... You had to put them away, but they were very strong in PvP to the point where the, that you had shot package and that you had an absolute obscene range for, for killing to now where it's just you have no, you, you can't stop them. They're like they're, they're, they're up in your face and, and, and it, there's just nothing you can do. Part, part of it is the ammo economy. Part of it is that primary there's just no primary gameplay I, I i don't know how how to really solve this problem part i mean i i want to say remove all special ammo from the beginning of every match and you have to pick up boxes to encourage primary gameplay but people will complain about that and 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 at, th at this point like there's bungees in a no-win situation Part of it is because of, of how they introduced special ammos. They never made ammos. And they never made these weapons special for PvP. And they gave you so much ammo that people got used to that. So now if you were to change that, you, you, you change how people perceive these things. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm at the point where you, I would prefer there to be no special ammo at the beginning. When you get a um, when you get a box, you only get three rounds of of special ammo, no matter what type of gun. <laughs> three rounds of sidearm ammo. <laughs> well, I mean, sidearm would be would, it, you have to balance sidearms differently. Sidearms are just such a weird weapon. But three rounds for most of the the special uh, special weapons. You increase the timer for special weapons or special ammo, and you that way you encourage primary ammo play. Right now, I don't see primary ammo play. I, and, and it's another problem, too, is, okay, if you you were to do that, how would you balance out a gun such as No Land Beyond or 
what's the other universal one? Remote. Universal remote, so that you don't have this these ammo economy problems. Well, you kind of have to make it so that they're they're also crippled by that that ammo economy. Like, fine, you have primary weapons. You don't. You, you, the 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 one problem is, if you die, you don't get ammo back like you do with other primary weapons. You're stuck at whatever you have, so you have to make sure that you have a good secondary that'll that'll back you up. And the only secondary that, that'll have ammo would be a sidearm. Okay, so a, a couple counterpoints to you. Um, one, uh, with the No Land Beyond and Universal Remote, uh, I don't think you should be punished with ammo for using that at all. Um, Universal Remote is very strong. Uh, no Land Beyond takes a very skilled hand to use uh, compared to Universal Remote, but in both scenarios you're choosing a handicap because you don't have a gun that can be used at all ranges essentially as your primary which i'm not saying all primaries can be used at all ranges obviously hand cannons can't shoot across the map anymore and same with auto rifles but uh you're choosing to essentially handy your cap yourself in a way plus you're taking up an exotic slot so i think the fact that you're taking up an exotic slot also um, promotes why you have ammo maybe give you less ammo on each spawn but if you think about it no land beyond only gets uh 12 shots or 11 shots so you're really not getting that many shots per se i don't know how many universal remote gives you because i don't use it actively um uh, but you, you you cannot if you, if you leave those guns untouched you run into the risk where they become overpowered and you cannot have that. You, you, if, if you're looking for, I'm looking at it straight from balance and, and I know Bungie will never look at it straight from balance. They're going to look at it to see what, what is the most exciting to provide the most, the best looking product possible. But if I'm looking at it like this, if, if you do not touch those two guns with regards to ammo economy, then they will become the de facto weapons and they will be, and yes, like these, uh, No Land Beyond in particular takes skill, but Universal Remote is just a primary shotgun. The only negative perk about it would be the slow ammo reload. It, it's still a, it, the shotgun, like you, you cannot look at it based on, oh, it has an, it's an exotic. It's like, oh, it's the primary. Oh, it like no, you can't. You you have to go by the by the gun class. I'm looking at these weapons only by two things: what type of gun it is, if it's a special weapon or a primary weapon. It's a special weapon that you you chose to have in the primary. You are running the risk of whatever happens with any special weapon in that primary slot. That's the risk you take by by having that exotic weapon. Okay. If you want to have two special weapons, you run the risk of having the double nerf that 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 can happen. So how about this then? Uh, well, one thing would be make universal remote harder to use in some way, but, um, you could fix, you could make no land beyond essentially even harder to use because you could fix the no land beyond reload glitch, which is something I know when I use it, I utilize that nonstop. So it would actually take a few seconds between each shot to take another shot, or you simply make it. So that gun now comes into your primary slot. So you get ammo for it. But you can't have a secondary weapon when you're using those weapons. I think it's just getting a bit too complicated. I think if you're going to do anything, you 
you're going to hinder it too much or are you going to put it at, you know, making it completely overpowered? I think if you have unlimited ammo and you're picking up boxes, you know, anytime you pick up, I suppose you pick up a special box, you should get ammo for it as well because you get primary ammo when you pick those up. But I've just got a feeling that they're, if, if they changed anything, it's going to be a little bit like Icebreaker where they're just going to be gone. I mean, right now I run out of ammo when I use Null and Beyond. Five out of ten times, a fifty percent of the time, when I'm running with no and beyond, especially in sixes, I will run out of ammo with that gun before my life is over. Yeah, I'll be yeah, in but, but it's it's still a special weapon. You you cannot run run away from the fact that it, it's a special weapon. It's an exotic and, weapon, but it's still a special weapon that that trumps everything. Yeah, you, you, you can't you you can't use it being an exotic as an excuse. Because then again, we run into the situation where there's no balance, and I'm not saying that that everything has to be absolutely perfect, but but you cannot you cannot put the meta in. in it's just too much. You 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 have a, a you have a weapon in your primary slot, which could theoretically one shot kill people. Oh. I, I, the, if I'm using a primary pulse rifle, it, it at least takes most situations three to four bursts to kill somebody. That's ammo that I'm using right there. And that's if I, I, I were to, to, to win that engagement. Right. I mean, for, for, those, for all that ammo that I just used, you just pumped one shot into, into my head and I'm dead. And I get the whole precision thing. But giving somebody all this ammo like, like the second you kill somebody you run over them get primary ammo all of a sudden bam you have all this ammo again so um yes i i see where you're getting at there but if they were to fix the no and beyond reload glitch then it takes longer to reload or recock the no land beyond to shoot a second time than it does to kill someone with a primary it takes a little well, over the- a second to do the the animation for no land beyond they need they need to they would need to fix that on all guns then they they have on all snipers on every other sniper in the game you can't use the reload glitch anymore you have to wait the full time for reload even if you cancel the animation you have to wait yeah but uh, i don't know basically it's such a yeah not not yes being able to not shoot is, is 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 a hindrance, but you you cancel it and then you aim again, and all of a sudden you just wait until you can fire and then bam, like being able to aim down sights and wait while your gun quote unquote reloads is a strong strong thing to have. The fact that and and that's that's a problem. Like I I'd never understood I never understood that in this game how you could cancel the animation and not click the gun be able to fire like in real i'm not saying that everything has to be modeled out to real life but in real life if you cancel that and you're halfway you're gonna jam your gun like i never understood like why you're, you you can't you don't click the gun first before you're able to, to, to go back into, into the like that should be a that should be a penalty like it, it, it everybody thinks that you have to have advantages all the time like there is a penalty to reloading. You you cannot fire your gun. You you shouldn't be able to aim down sights where your gun is going through the whole reload animation, going through everything to get into position to to take out the next person. 
Like you, ha- there has to be some sort of slowdown. You have to slow the game down. You have to have some sort of penalty. And the fact that in, right now, there's no penalty with regards to reload. Like I do this with all all my weapons, all my primaries, all my secondaries. I cancel, and and I, I never understood that. Well, right now, there's no uh, real problem with this because they obviously they haven't changed special ammo. And I don't think they're going to change special ammo anytime soon. I think they see special ammo as being in a good position. Um, there's just uh, shotguns probably need a little bit of a range nerf again. Uh, there's just too much. Maybe honestly take rangefinder off shotguns. That might it's help not a even, lot. Here's the problem. Rangefinder isn't even the problem. It really isn't. The, the The problem with the shotguns isn't the rangefinder. Rangefinder is a good perk, but it's not the end-all, be-all perk. If you had a shotgun that had rifled barrel on it with the additional range, you're doing yourself more favors than the rangefinder perk. The problem is, what? You shotgun somebody, run to the next person, shotgun them again. Go run to the next person, shotgun them again. Next person comes up, oh, shotgun them again. So yeah, the the problem is that these guns just have way too much ammo. The, The guns are just way too strong because you have absolutely no ammo. I mean, you're gonna run into a situation where you just run out of ammo in your secondary. But it happens too far and few between. The second ammo starts popping up, you go to from from ammo box to ammo box. There's very little incentive for primary battles. It's all it's all become special weapon, grenades, especially grenades. And then when you get your super, bam, use your super on somebody. And and there's no in between. And and at this point in time, I can't say that that there's any real balance in this game and 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 i know that that the people are going to say this is the most balanced that the crucible been, has been in years it's like, what are you talking about it's like you're running around getting shotgun left and right you're running around getting grenaded and and i i know we kind of like went way far off of the topic of trials of osiris but there's just there's nothing there's nothing discouraging you from using only secondaries or only grenades or only supers. There's nothing like that. And I just I find the Destiny Crucible, while it's fun, it's a frustrating experience because they don't like I don't feel like they realize that you've given people too much of a good thing. And now if you, you can't change it because it'll change what the experience was to them. So, anyway, with that, uh, let's go ahead and you guys have any final thoughts that you guys want to throw at? Anything about the DLC? Anything you guys want to talk about? It was nice uh, to I see mean... Ephrodite. That little <laughs> cutscene. I was loving that. The small little cutscene. Hey, I've been gone for 100 years, now I'm back. Oh, yeah. You yes. don't look a shade over 400. <laughs> it's been on the beach yeah, I... all that time by Mercury. I wish there was a little more to that, but um, overall, you know, I'm happy with uh, how Iron Banner went, even though it's gotten a little stale for me. Uh, the DLC is still a ton of fun. We're a couple weeks in and I haven't gotten bored of it yet. So, 
Yeah, it's all going from good for me as well. Obviously, with hard mode coming in, let's see what's going to happen with the challenges and things like that, and um, obviously the different gear. And then um, I, I, I am thinking that I'm going to get quickly towards obviously trials being a thing that you look forward to every week. And then um, obviously, the, the, I find there's a lot more to do. I don't know how you find in these um, Playgrounds Quest or whether you continue doing them, but I quite like the book. I thought that was a great addition because. You can look at things. I know some of it's a bit grindy, like doing 20 normal 320 mode strikes, because if you were doing heroics to get the grind up before that first raid day, then you'd be in the same situation as me, as I've done two of those. But it's just nice, a nice thing to have to actually progress towards something. And you don't necessarily have to do one of those Playgrounds quests every week, but you know you've got to do five for the book. And um, you can have some fun there. All right, David, go ahead and close this up. All right, then we want to thank you all for listening to In Orbit. Let you know we are available on a ton of platforms, so please, please, please spread the word. We're on SoundCloud, we're on iTunes, we're on Google Play Music, Overcast for iOS, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, Pocket Casts, and we also have an RSS feed. Link is available on buttons. Please make sure to leave... Uh, comments, criticism, reviews, whatever you like for us. We love reading it and it helps us out. Also make sure to check out the other shows on Masters Buttons Network. We have Double Tap, our podcast dedicated to fighting games and the fighting community, released bi-weekly on Wednesdays. Wow Talk, our podcast dedicated to World of Warcraft, released bi-weekly on Tuesdays. Watchpoint Radio, our podcast dedicated to Overwatch, available weekly on Wednesdays. SITREP Radio, our podcast dedicated to The Division, released weekly on Wednesdays. Frontline Radio, our podcast dedicated to Battlefield and Battlefront, once a month on the third week of each month. And of course, we are in orbit. Your resource dedicated to Destiny news and commentary, available bi-weekly on Monday. For any question regarding scheduling, check mashthosebuttons.com slash schedule for scheduling details. And you can you guys can check us out on twitter.com slash MTB site, Facebook.com slash Mashos Buttons, YouTube.com slash Mashos Buttons. David, where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at DS underscore bolt and on Twitch, streaming at twitch.tv slash DS Bolt. No spaces, no underscores. And James, where can people find you at? Well, unfortunately, I'm not on Twitch or Twitter yet, but I may find my way there. So you'll probably find me guesting on here every now and again. All right. And I'm available at GoToNRG on all platforms. That's G-O, the number two, N-R-G. My prior events are not a memory. It is momentum. It advances, leads, and controls, points and directs, shapes and forms. I may not enjoy what lies in front of me, but as in any story, the past needs resolution. We are the authors, the finishers of our fate. What is in my past is my prologue. What is in my future is my destiny. And on behalf of the In Orbit team, David over here, myself, and Jarrett, and of course, James today, we thank you for listening to our show, and as always, we'll see you on the next mission. Your destiny calls.
Thank you for choosing a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Here's what's coming up this week on Mash Those Buttons. On Monday, Jorge and David launch a new in-orbit and talk about the latest in Iron Banner, potential problems with supremacy, and changes coming to Archon Prime. On Tuesday, Nick and Katie continue their quest to educate you on Warcraft lore on the Torn and the Goblin as they discuss the effects of Chris Metzen's departure on WoW lore, hunters and their conflicted role toward nature, and the lore surrounding Valshara. On Wednesday, Jarrett, Mikey, and Bond bring you the latest in Overwatch on Watchpoint Radio, discussing the recent developer update, leaks regarding Halloween content in Sombra, and the results of matchmaking data in competitive mode. Finally, on Friday, Mike, Rob, and Matt bring you SitRep Radio. We're talking the latest in the division and the state of the game. To find more information on all of our shows, go to mashthosebuttons.com slash shows. And to see our full podcast schedule, visit mashthosebuttons.com slash schedule.